It's time to invest with intent on the Welka Wealth Podcast. Join Tiffany Welka each week as she gives you guidance to align your faith, morals, and goals to make your financial plan a true success. I'm your host, Tiffany Welka. We're here today with a familiar face, Father Steve Matea. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Let me scoot closer to the screen. So. Yeah, we need to see your yeah, face. There we go. Okay. Hi. <laughs> it's good to be back with you guys. Good for you to be here. So, Father Steve, do you remember the first time that you went to confession? I do actually. It's it's funny. A lot of times we don't remember our sacraments very well, but I I do remember my my very first confession. Uh, it was circa 1987, 1988, and um, it was kind of like that 1980s weirdness. And uh, the uh, the religious director, catechist, teacher just had us color a picture in order to prepare for our first confession. And my parents were livid. <laughs> what was your picture? Uh, it was, I don't even remember what it was. I just remember my parents, like, in that, in that holy anger type sense, like, why are they having you draw a picture in preparation for your first, your first confession? What is this? Yeah. And um, they, uh, the, my parents aren't crazy. They're not, like, religious zealots. They really aren't. But... We they refused to have me draw the picture, and they prepared me to make my first confession. Good. And so it was just like this real like learning moment for me that just stuck out, and I never remembered it until until someone else asked me that same question, probably you know ten years ago or whatever. Hmm. So it's wild, yeah. It is wild. I remember when I went to confession. It was second grade, and I was so nervous. I I was having. Sev- very much anxiety before I had to go in to confess my sins as a second grader but um, I I don't remember what I said but I remember that my penance was that I had to say one Hail Mary and one Our Father so it must have been pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) I think that's just a good word uh, for all the priests who are listening and watching out there just to be gentle with the kids right and And for parents just to walk them in, and that's what they do. Parents walk in the kid, and and, and our parents just have to prepare the children so well for that moment. Yeah. So that brings me to my question for you today, actually. Being open and honest is so important in all aspects of our lives. We can't hide anything from our Lord. In a marital relationship, you're opening up your entire lives to your spouses finances are a big part of your lives sometimes i meet with couples who have no idea what their spouses are investing in Hmm. or what they're spending their money on what would be your advice to these couples so that they can improve their communication with one another regarding their finances Wow. Uh, yeah. So communication is so key, right? I know that you and I uh, have worked together at a, in a number of parishes, just trying to help prepare young couples 
for marriage and to look at their finances and uh, to start talking about those things early on. And so communication, we hear that all the time, communication, communication, communication. And, um, and so that's, that's really where it starts. Uh, and so just with any struggle, I always, I, I just always encourage couples or just encourage us um, that the devil wants us to avoid it. Because uh, if, if, whether it's, you know, the wife using the credit card to buy, you know, stuff for herself or the husband buying things and not, and not telling the wife, um, we're, we're avoiding conflict. And so conflict is healthy. Uh, just, just while you were, were saying that, the, the one thing that I, I guess the, one of the lies that we run into in the world today is, and it, but it's true in a sense, uh, that financial struggles are the the number one breakdown for marriages, and it is. And would you kind of would you agree to that in, in some sense? I would say a lot of people <clears throat> that I talk to say that that is the one of the main reasons yeah. why they were divorced is because of arguments about money. Yeah, right. Which then leads down the road, down the road, down the road. Yeah. So, I would I would just kind of back that up a little bit. And, I, and while I agree, it's one of the number one major reasons. Um, what leads to that is lack of communication, but what leads to that ultimately is this understanding of individualism. Uh, I believe, and I'm, I'm just so convinced of this in my own marriage prep and working with, with couples in crisis, that individualism is the number one breakdown for marriage. And so we see that with, with individual bank accounts, we see that with, oh, he makes his money, she makes hers, I buy what I want, I'm sending Susie to Catholic school, no, I don't want that. The, the, it's individualism, and then I'm gonna take a weekend with the boys, you go take a weekend, it's, it's individualism. I, we're just effectively, as, as couples, we're just living as, as, as independent bachelors in a marriage. And yeah. that, that become, begins a breakdown. <clears throat> I would definitely agree with that. I see a lot of couples who in society, I think that our generation, is, it's almost pushing people to keep things separate just in case. Right. Right? Yeah. Just in case. You're absolutely right. But there is no just in case. You shouldn't have a marriage with a just in case. No. That's Certainly not in the, the Christian context. the beginning of the end. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. In, in the secular worldview, I mean, that's, that's how people enter into this covenant of marriage, or they wouldn't call it a covenant, but that's what the secular, secularist mentality enter into it. But we as Christians, we're entering, entering into a, a covenantal relationship, husband and wife, man and woman, anointed in God, and so there is no just in case with us. Right. Many couples in society, they are concentrating on building their careers and their assets before they get married. When I'm meeting with engaged couples, and maybe you've run into this too, um, they they ask for my take on prenuptial agreements. Uh, and I read a statistic that showed that 44% of engaged couples believe that they should have one. What's your take on prenuptial <clears throat> agreements and where does the Catholic Church stand on the topic? Yeah, so I think that's the uh, that's the perfect just in case scenario. Um, 
So the church doesn't have a blanket statement on prenuptial agreements, <clears throat> or prenups, whatever you want to call it, but um, she doesn't have a lot of blanket a blanket teaching, a blanket doctrine on a lot of things. Um, but what, what Holy Mother Church does does teach on is um, is what is needed to enter into the sacrament of, of matrimony, and that's consent. That um, that husband is freely and able to give his consent freely and able to, to his bride, and vice versa, that, that there's nothing prohibiting that consent, and that's what unifies the marriage. And so um, a prenuptial agreement would hinder that consent. In my estimation, and I believe in the church's estimation, should that marriage break down, it would, it would be a lack of consent. Because if Bob is coming into this marriage saying, oh, I got this prenup that when, when she leaves me or when I leave her, all of these assets are mine, he hasn't entered into the marriage fully, freely, 100%. He ha he's not he's not giving himself on the wedding night to her as 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 he as as, as a full as a, a fully as, as a groom and and vice versa and so we see that with celebrities just because just because Hollywood is is living or, or, or the, the world is living a particular way that shouldn't justify our actions I agree lack of consent yeah yeah uh, we both feel strongly about communication regarding finances within a marriage. You and I have also spoken about this before, but I think that it's so important to talk to your kids and your children uh, about your finances too. So not only do you need to talk to each other, your spouses, about your finances, but talking to your children or with your parents about your finances is important too. My parents talk to me, your parents talk to you, but sometimes parents want to keep their finances private from their families and from their children. Do you have any advice for children who want to talk to their parents about their finances and how they can get that conversation started? Yeah, parents talking to their kids about their finances or should the kids? Both. Yeah. Let's do both. Yeah, I, I, I do. I I think that it's that's a, such a great question. I think that parents who are raising young children should really give them a great understanding of of credit cards and how not to misuse them uh, I've I've seen that misused so much of the time um, there's a really great app if you have me on again I'll, I'll remind you of this really great app that my sister found that she's using with her kids um, so that she can put money into their the, ch the children's credit card that can only be used specifically at gas stations or at for shopping, and then she send it out to all of the uh, all of the aunts and uncles and grandparents so that that we can put money in for specific for specific actions. It was really great. Um, but teaching our children how to save in that way, but then also for for estate planning, what what you do and what you do so well. I just think that that children at at this age, you know, my parents are 75, 73, just approaching my our, our parents and. And just letting them know, um, you know, mom and dad, we want to take care of you. Yeah. And part of taking care of you is is knowing where your finances are. So I've asked my parents to get all of their records in order. Mm -hmm. We're living in a COVID world, uh, you know, where we're at right now. Um, and so I don't want my parents to die. 
but I also want to be very open and honest with them uh, that, hey guys, I'm going to be the one that takes care of this, uh, your children and I, and so do something. Let's, let's get it all in order. Yeah, I think that's really important because I feel the same way, and I think a lot of people feel that way, that we want to be there to take care of our parents, but financially, is it possible when we're still growing ourselves and still trying to raise our own families? Right. Right. You know, and now we have to take care of our parents too. Yeah. They, we we call it the sandwich generation because hmm. you're right in the middle. You've got you're taking care of your parents, and then you're also taking care of your kids. So you're in the middle yeah. sandwich generation. That's an interesting. I've never heard that before. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, Father, you you mentioned about credit cards, and I just want to talk about that for a minute. I know we weren't no ready for it, but. Um, how do you, what's your stance on credit card debt? Yeah, so I have credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do, you're not alone. Yeah, so, so I mean, I had some financial issues in my life, just, and then I was, I was digging myself out of school debt. Uh, we, we pay for the seminary. Uh, I was digging myself out of school debt. We don't get paid much as priests, and I'm just kind of dug myself out, and then I have some credit card debt. Um, so... So I know you're a fan of Dave Ramsey, and, yep. and so am I. And so one of his main things is is get yourself out of credit card debt. Yeah. So, so I d- I don't use cash regularly. We're all almost turning into a cashless society. We are. And uh, which is which is kind of a shame, but um, so there's uh, there's there's a reality that now in my life, I have debt on one credit card, but I pay off. The bill as soon I just have the app. I pay off my bill as soon as it I, it, it goes from pending to, to there, so that I keep a zero balance. So I know how much I have in my bank. Yes. Which is my own structured way of seeing I'm comfortable. I'm I have my car payment, I have my credit card bill, and then I have my my debt that I'm paying off on a monthly basis. Yeah, and I think that's what's most important is that I don't think credit cards are bad by any means but I think it's it's important to to only use them for emergency situations right Right. to help pay for things that you just can't pay for but was totally worth it I'm so glad you went to seminary yeah yeah so glad you're here so somebody used the image to me one time when we talked about credit card debt was that um when you went into the old mom and pop shop and uh, you bought all the groceries you put it on credit yeah and so you got the bill later. And so we use credit cards today almost as a means of just currency, as if it's already mine, but it's not. It's not. It's you're, borrowed. You're borrowing yes. that purse, that laptop, yeah. that, uh, you know, the groceries even. You're borrowing because you're not paying for it up front. The bill comes later and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yep, How many exactly. times has that happened to us where we've spent so much throughout the month and then we're like, wait a second, $460? Where did that come from? And what did I get with all of it? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I think credit cards are a good thing sometimes as long as you make sure that you're, you have the money to actually pay for those things so that you can pay off your balance each month and you don't continue to grow your credit card debt. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, Father, thank you so much for being on our show yeah, again thank today. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> we hope to have you back again soon. I would love to. 
Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening to the Welk of Wealth podcast. God bless you, and God bless your families. The Welk of Wealth podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just look for the Welk of Wealth podcast and keep listening.